0: Hey listeners, welcome to episode four of Methuen Matters. I'm your host, Jessica Finnecaro. The coronavirus pandemic is ongoing, and today's episode, we've got Carol Sanborn, nurse at St. Monica's School in Methuen, to tell us some positive responses to all of this by students, parents, and staff, as well as Carol's own experiences and tips. There is a tangible human element to this conversation. We recorded on April 1st remotely, about two weeks into everyone staying at home. And you can hear us talking about many of the same thoughts and worries you've had in the past few weeks and how we're dealing with them uh, just as individuals. And as we head into what is projected to be the most difficult period of this pandemic, it's a nice release to hear about some of the positives, along with some advice on getting through this together. Hi, Carol. How are you? Good. Hi. How are you? Good, good. Uh, So everybody who's listening, don't worry. We are social distancing. This is a remote call. Carol was gracious enough to come on and share some tips and tricks and answer some questions about coronavirus. It's a really difficult time for healthcare professionals right now. Carol, could you introduce yourself a little bit to listeners?
1: Sure, so I'm um, Carol Sanborn. I am the school nurse at St. Monica's. I've been there. This is my second year um, as a school nurse there. Before that, I worked at Home Health VA over in Lawrence um, doing maternal child health visits, pediatric. I did pediatric oncology there, and before that, I worked at Lowell General Hospital. So I've been a nurse
0: for a while. Wow, that's a, a really great range of experience. Thank you. Uh, Well, thank you so much for coming on. We're excited uh, for this interview. Oh, good. I'm excited, too. All right. uh, So let's get started. We're interviewing Carol because she can bring us some much-needed information, but also to give a different perspective. Uh, People are, are looking at different information online. Some is meant to educate. Some is meant to make sure that you're adequately worried And it's hard to sift through all of it. So I think Kara will be great in giving us some of the most important things to be thinking about. When this all started happening, when did you first realize how serious the threat to coronavirus was? Walk me through that.
1: So in January, we had these um, really lovely students that came over from South Korea um, to be at the school for a month. Mm -hmm. And so they were getting ready to go back and they were all panicking about Am I going to be able to go home because of the coronavirus? It really hadn't hit here, but it was starting to hit over there. So they were worried. We were checking temperatures, and I was like, huh, is this going to something that's going to happen here? So they got back safely. And then things seemed to settle down. And then right about the 13th, when the school shut down for good for those first two weeks, it was chaos. It kind of happened really quickly, Mm -hmm. and we had really no control. Um, And I was thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be serious. And it seemed like it was going to be a long haul on that. Friday the 13th, when all everything just got shut down in the state really quickly. It was insane at school. It, it happened quickly. The kids had no warning. We had an hour to make sure all the kids had all their books and wow. to get them ready to go home for two, at least for the two weeks. And now it's extended till May.
0: Now, uh, I know for myself, there was kind of this human element to it where you you kind of want things to be okay and you want mm-hmm. things to not be a big deal. And so maybe you, uh, you, you're kind of hopeful and that can kind of influence you know, how quick the response is. How does that differ when you're an actual medical personnel and you know, you know all the differences of you know, viruses and that you understand that? Was there any difference for you with that kind of personal process? I think, yeah, because I have um, friends that still work
1: in the hospital, and I have friends whose sons and husbands work at the lab, and they were saying things like, this is going to get bad quickly, we're starting to see a lot of people get tested, and this was two weeks ago, and we're starting to see a lot of people come back positive. Mm. So I would hear some things from them. And I was thinking this is going to go quickly. This is the first time it's been around here because it's the first novel coronavirus. It's so contagious. And I don't think they knew a lot about it in the beginning. So hunkering down was probably the only thing they could do until they could figure out what kind of meds worked or if there's no vaccines, there's no treatment. So it's just new for everyone. And you would hear it from the people in the hospital, like this is going to get bad quickly. And then people started running out of protective personal equipment. And that's really scary for the hospital workers, which is frightening for them. So yeah, it just seemed like having an insight to what was going on in the hospital kind of ramped up my, not knowledge, but you know, get me a little bit more on edge
0: right right that response i know from mm-hmm. myself i'm in my 30s but the only thing i can even remember to be any kind of serious feeling like this was so minor in comparison i remember when i was younger they would you know, kind of throw us all together so that we would catch chickenpox and, and stuff. Exactly. Like. I've never really had this kind of response to a virus. You know, I, I wash my hands and I, I try mm-hmm. not to catch the flu and the cold, but I've I've never had any experience like this before. And I, I know that for a lot of people this is really new, even people who went through some some tough stuff mm-hmm. 50, 60 plus years ago. This is really unusual, and this is, uh, I think, tough for a lot of people, especially the social distancing.
1: Mm-hmm. I think we live in such a social society, and the world is open. You can get on a plane now and just go anywhere. Within a day, it could be across the world to so spread so quickly, and I think that's really Kind of hit people hard. Right. You know, just with such an open society, you just go where you want, you're out, you do anything, everything's fast moving. And it's probably really hard for people to have to just sit home, but that's the best thing you can do. Because if you're sitting home and you're staying away from the virus and you're not spreading the virus, then the virus is gonna just eventually you know, die off is what they're hoping. So it seems like it's not much to do, but it's really an important piece of slowing this down is doing what the CDC, the Department of Public Health and the local and state government are telling you to. Stay at home, wash your hands. If you're sick, stay home and following these really basic guidelines, but that should really help. You wanna stop the spread is why we're doing this. And I know it seems odd, but that's exactly why everyone needs to stay home. If you're sick, stay away from each other. And just be really mindful. And so this can just um, slow everything down.
0: Yeah, and I, I know for some people, not catching it isn't enough to make everybody want to stay inside. But I've been telling everybody it's not necessarily about you catching it, it's also about who you could give it to. It might be that it might not even be direct. You might not even give it to a family member, but you might give it to somebody else. You want to make sure that you protect everybody that you know. And the best way you can do that is to stay put, unfortunately.
1: And we're also protecting the most vulnerable, like the elderly, people who have underlying health conditions, people who are going through cancer treatment. That can't stop. I did pediatric oncology. Those kids are still getting treatment. You have to protect those kids who are vulnerable and the elderly that are vulnerable. So this, you need to stay home, hunker down, do what you're told, not go out and socialize for a month to protect. That's what we have to do. And that just seems like it's an easy fix. right? It's hard, but it's we're protecting people who can't protect themselves basically because they're just at risk for getting really sick with this. I've
0: tried to think about it in terms of kind of a duty because as soon as somebody tells you that you can't go outside, you actually want to go outside more mm-hmm. than you ever have before. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I've just been trying to think about it. You know, somebody said, and there's a couple of different quotes out there from different people, but The general idea of it is, you know, if people can go out, serve their country in the military, die for their country, and if nurses can go out there and be treating this even without personal protection like masks and other Mm -hmm. things, then you can do your part and Mm -hmm. stay at home. And I know it's tough, but Mm -hmm. in comparison it's tough, but it's important. What has been some of your experiences been like being a school nurse, being remote, uh, being, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're getting a lot of questions. What's that been
1: like? It's been different. You know, I mean, the kids before we left school, they were heightened by this. Even in December, they were all talking about it. They heard about it in the news over in China. I think kids were more aware of it than adults, it seemed like, because they were really on edge. And then when this all happened, it just really reinforced like, wow, this is something serious. I know the learning aspect, the school is amazing. They are rolling forward with keeping the kids engaged, learning, Zooming with them. Um, I'll send out reminders. Um, updated emails about what to do. You can get the mass um, text alerts if you text COVIDMAST at 888-777. That's helpful. Um, any links to um, unemployment are on there. I know people are out of work and that's really scary for a lot of people. It's scary for a lot of kids. So just trying to send any helpful information email. We also have a nice um, St. Monica's parent staff page and people are posting stuff that they're doing with their kids, you know, crafts and and talking to their teachers and you can comment and you can see oh, the kids good. so it's really nice. You can stay in contact and say hi to them and you almost feel like you can be a little part of their little lives even though we're separated at this point. That's it's really sweet.
0: That's, that's really great. Nice. So is that on the website or is that on a Facebook page it's somewhere Facebook where page. okay. Yep. Great, mm-hmm. great. So the parents know about it. That's great. And what was that tax code that you mentioned?
1: In Massachusetts if you text COVID MASS mm-hmm. to you will sign up for alerts from the massachusetts department of public um and you'll get alerts it's not it doesn't come 10 a day it comes you know like we're going to stay at home um if you need unemployment um you can click a link for that um it's actually a good little resource and there's also a site called buoy b-o-u-y dot com slash mass and if you google that it's symptom checker. So if you check off symptoms, they'll get back to you to say, this is what you should do, which I thought was really helpful instead of just kind of sitting there wondering. So it right. has a lot
0: of good information. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. Yep. That's really good advice. For me, I know that if I could do everything all over again, I now kind of feel more prepared for the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, than I did when I started. What do you think are some lessons that you learned, uh, you know, either being at the school or, or just in general? I think just like in this in the, in the winter, just taking
1: hand-washing and all of these tips seriously because the flu is just as bad and we get a lot of people with the flu. So I know at the school, we try, I have posters up of hand-washing and I know people try to keep up with that. But if we could do that year-round, all the time... It would help the spread of the flu as well, which is rampant as well. Um, we should probably always be washing down our carts when we go to the grocery store in the cold flu season. I know they have it, but sometimes you don't do it. You know, always have a little extra toilet paper. That yeah. way, if something bad happened, you don't clear the shelves, and then people who really need it can get access. Because that was insane that people couldn't find toilet paper, paper towels, hand sanitizer. And it was scary for a lot of elderly people. They couldn't, they would be panicking. They have no supplies in their house. They can't mm. get out and do bulk shopping because they physically can't do it. So, I mean, don't be greedy. That's what I felt like.
0: That was terrible. Right, right. And you know what? To be honest with you, I... uh I buy most of my groceries week to week. Mm -hmm. I've never even thought of the possibility of not being able to do that. You know, and I I was always kind of interested in, you know, the people who take it, you know, kind of far and preppers in society. And I always thought that was kind of cool, but not never something that that I thought of doing myself. Uh, But I'll, I'll be honest, like the past couple of weeks is kind of changing my mind on it a little bit, you know, and It's scary, but even in the future, maybe it'll be for nothing, but I think it might be good, especially for the elderly, to make sure that the people who love them around them are saying, you know, what do we need Mm -hmm. in the event of an emergency? Let's have some toilet paper. Let's have, you know, Mm -hmm. at least a month worth of your prescriptions and other things uh, handy so that in the event of some issue, um, whether it's a health issue or something else, that that you're going to be okay. And I don't know that we've ever needed to worry about that. I know that people in other countries do that naturally because they've had things like this happen more recently, mm-hmm. but you know, we haven't. So this is, I think, definitely a big culture shift that we're right in the middle yeah. of right now. I agree. So maybe we'll
1: be more prepared instead of just a snowstorm comes and everyone goes by milk and bread. Right. Make sure your the elderly have what they need. They're stuck at home and hard for them to get out and they really shouldn't be out a lot because they're at such high risk to get really sick from this.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a silver lining in all this in a way is that it's definitely exposed a lot of our weaknesses, you know, both on personal household level and all the way up the chain in our government to show all of our weaknesses as far as preparedness and the supply chain and Uh, There's a lot I think that we can do to be in a better position if if something like this happened again. Mm -hmm. I've never seen people so educated on an issue because everybody's staying at home and watching Mm -hmm. TV to hear about it, you know, or or reading about it online. So we all went from Knowing very little on this topic, to knowing way more than I think is average for you know such a specific topic uh, all across America. So mm-hmm. I-, I hope that that leads to a lot of opportunity with fixing some of these issues long term. Mm-hmm. What are some things people listening can do to take some extra precautions against catching the coronavirus?
1: So definitely stay at home. I know that seems, but when you do go out to the grocery store, a lot of people don't have gloves. So when you go to the grocery store, use the cart wipes. And when you get home, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands for 20 seconds with soapy, soapy water. That's the best thing you can do. I know it seems like it's nothing much, but that's the best thing you can do. Whenever you go out, wash your hands, when you come home. And definitely do not touch your face. I know that seems like such a, another minor thing to do, but that's how you get sick. You touch something, the germ gets on it, you scratch your face, you scratch your nose, and then the, the virus goes right in there. Those are um, entryways into your body. So that's huge. And I don't think we realize how much we touch our face until we can't anymore. So that's what you need to do. If you're sick, you need to stay home. If you think you're sick, or you think you have the symptoms, you need to call your primary care doctor. You don't want to just show up at the emergency room. You don't want to just show up at a testing site. You want to call your doctor. They need to send an order and almost pre-register you so it'll be quick and efficient is what I'm hearing from like Holy Family, Lawrence General, Mm. and Lowell General. Don't just show up at the emergency room unless you're desperate. Always talk to your doctor On the phone, keep in touch if you feel sick, if you have the symptoms, or if you get the virus, they can guide you before you just go sit and overwhelm an emergency room, which is just a nightmare to do. Um, And it's just, it is just washing your hands, cleaning surfaces at home. um, You know, with, um, you can Google how to make a bleach cleaner. Um, You think it's like two tablespoons per gallon of bleach that will clean the virus. You can Google it washing your countertops, washing your handles, your doors that you use frequently once a day, and just trying to stay safe without going crazy. But if you go out, wash your hands when you get home, definitely. And don't touch your face. That seems such a
0: minor thing, but it's it's huge. It's very huge. Yeah. I know for myself, I touch my face all day long. <laughs> um, I've, I've had to, to really reel that in and notice it. And a lot of times you don't even notice that you're doing it. So it's extra hard one of the things that I've done when I do have to get groceries or other things is put my hands in my pockets while I'm just walking mm-hmm. around because I notice that otherwise, without even noticing it, I'll be touching my face just thinking about something. Or <laughs> <Yeah. Right. laughs> to me, it's just been about kind of mitigating things that I know uh, are either new brought into the home or mm-hmm. frequently touched even though I wash my hands a lot, especially during flu season. I don't, you know, I don't go around my house every day disinfecting doorknobs. Mm-hmm. I clean, mm-hmm. but not like that. Um, you know, so that's definitely been new for me, but you know what? Uh, there's, there's a part of that that actually makes you feel a little bit better, you know? Yes. Um, and I, and if it can mitigate risk too, then mm-hmm.
1: I, <laughs> I think it's something you can control that it's some part of just you know reassurance. So it's not a bad thing. It's hard to, you know, people, you know, live in multiple apartments. If you're going up the stairs, holding the hand railing, who's touching that? That's why when you get in your house, wash your hands, then just wash that doorknob. That's the basic things I could say to do, you know. But if most you can do is when you get in your house, wash your hands and then go wash the doorknob or the door that you touched before you wash your hands, hopefully that will help a
0: lot. Yeah, and and the other one that uh, everybody keeps talking about is um, your cell phones, because those are really a a hop Mm -hmm. out of of germs, Mm -hmm. even on a regular day without coronavirus. So there's a lot of things that you don't think about if it's something that you use a lot or that you use when you're out your keys, your wallet, your credit card. You know, better to be safe than sorry, especially considering that, you know, there are a lot of people out there who you know, whether they're working, say they're a grocery clerk, they're having to touch a lot of stuff that Mm -hmm. other people have touched. So, you know, they could be kind of collecting germs unknowingly
1: Mm -hmm. while they're, you
0: know, processing your food. So, you know, when you're cleaning, you know, different things or cleaning off your credit card, it's not because you think that somebody touched it. While it was on the shelf, it's that you know the person who touched it at some point to put it in the bag. They might have touched a bunch of other stuff that other people have touched because you all yeah. you know pick up the item. So you know it, it's about kind of minimizing uh, your exposure.
1: Exactly, it's those groceries workers are even on the front line and they're young. A lot of them are high school kids, college kids. Yeah. You know they're really out there, just so exposed. I feel like, and I hope that they're taking precautions you know because they're really doing a lot of hands-on work
0: yeah definitely kudos to them kudos to uh, all the nurses out there yourself and many others and there's a lot of people who either out of work and home or they're working from home Mm -hmm. to be honest you know everybody's in that situation I think is grateful uh, that there are a lot of people out there who are willing to take the rest to take care for everybody Mm -hmm. else um, and, uh, so those are, those are some really bad people there. What are some things that we can do to just kind of from a prevention standpoint, not even to do a coronavirus to just make us ourselves stronger? You know, eating
1: a healthy diet, trying to drink a lot of fluids to flush out your system. You even exercise, like walk around your house, your apartment, that gets your blood flowing, lymphatic system flowing, flushing everything out is helpful. Getting rest when you can, trying to do some activities that are good for, you know, relaxing, read a book. I also, I take a multivitamin um, all winter. I mean, I don't Mm. think, you know, people say yes or no. If you eat a good diet, you don't need one. But I always take a multivitamin almost all year round, especially in the cold and flu season. I try and drink a lot of water. I try to not to eat a lot of garbage, but it's really hard not to eat junky food when you're stuck at the house. But your diet will help. Sleeping, rest,
0: all of those basic things should help boost your immune system. That's great. My little sister actually went to St. Monica's uh, school for a time. She loved it. Um, And it was an acronym for uh, St. Monica's with spelling it out. It stands for service, trusting God, moral character, one community, nurturing hearts, inspiring confidence, Catholic leaders, and academic excellence. So in the spirit of that, I wanted to know how are some of those mantras you know really being impacted with the coronavirus do you feel that this is something that has potentially strengthened some of those values i think it has i know all teachers are doing it but i just see the
1: saint monica staff are just jumping in with online learning which is really hard to do on a good day um doing that facebook page checking in with kids we say hi and it's not it's not all gloom and doom it's all like this is a fun activity this is something fun. How are you doing? What are you doing today? Post a picture of walking outside with your dog or something. Of course, it's a Catholic school. The principal every week sends out an email prayer for the families to have. Mm-hmm. And I know our father called Russo prays for us. Um, he's very active with the school. I know Todd, They can't go do their service projects, but I just think the community is really a tight little community and doing really a great job staying close online, which is really hard to do but I can see it. I can see the kids. I can see them, you know, with emails. I can see them on the Facebook page. It's just remarkable.
0: That's great. And you know what? I think that uh, for a lot of students, it's in education, just, you know, watching TV from time to time, hearing their parents talk about a lot of things. Some stuff I think, you know, is is growing up a little bit too soon. You're going to hear conversations about finances and worries and things like that. But I think that them seeing other people doing public service, you know, the first responders and uh, mm-hmm. nurses out there putting themselves at risk, you know, definitely the inspiring confidence. Uh, hopefully yeah. students will get a new sense of, of confidence yeah. so that they can get through this and that they can have a different experience and, and still go through their academics and support one another yeah, I, I think that that shows a lot of character. So, uh, in a way, I guess another silver lining, uh, if we can find one in in all this, that I think a lot of people are going to grow from this experience, have something different. Hopefully, some more compassion for things. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, uh, now we covered a lot of stuff. Is there anything else? You know, tips and tricks, or any questions that you have for me, or anything that you want to just throw out there for our listeners? I mean, the best way
1: to stay healthy is to avoid getting sick, which seems very easy to do. That's why staying in your house, if someone is sick, you're putting them in their own little bedroom, calling the doctor if they're sick, and just hunkering down. I mean, that's the best way to stop the spread is to do what they're telling us to do, simple as it may seem. The more people that follow this, the quicker this can just go away. That's how I feel.
0: Right. So one of the things that I'd like to do is to reiterate some resources that Carol put forward for St. Monica's parents slash staff uh, Facebook page and for everybody else who's listening to text COVID mass to 888-777 for text alerts uh, and to also bookmark or write down buoy.com backslash mass. So that's B-U-O-Y.com backslash mass. Thank you so much for being here and being interviewed by Everyone Matters. This is Jessica finnicaro your host, uh, interviewing Carol Sanborn, school nurse at St. Monica's. Thank you so much, Carol, for giving us uh, your time and for reaching out to the community. You're welcome back. Uh, anytime that you'd like, if, if you'd like to give an update or share any other uh, new information, uh, anytime, okay. uh, coronavirus or, or not. And, uh, you know, thank you very much for making time for us. I know that there's a lot that you have to do that's on your plate. And I think it's important for people to get some information from a local nurse that they trust. I think it makes a big difference to hear it from you in addition to all the other sources that they're hearing. So thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It was great. Absolutely. Well, please just stay safe, everybody. Um, Stay indoors. Practice your social distancing. I know it's tough. You know, if it please just reach out also to friends. Uh, people are getting lonely out there. Not everybody uh, lives with somebody. And, you know, just reach out. Reach out to some friends. Uh, even if you're just texting or giving a few phone calls to people each day, uh, I know that it definitely is appreciated. And I think that it helps people stay indoors to get that interaction with friends and family. So if I can give a shout out to anything, it would be to reach out to people, especially, you know, elderly neighbors or or people who you think uh, might not uh, have anybody checking in on them regularly. Uh, Just let them know that you're thinking about them and and that would be great. And stay safe, everybody. Thank you so much, Carol. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, thank you guys for listening to Methuen Matters. This is your host, Jessica Finicaro. Before you go, show us some love by giving us a like or review on our Facebook page or on any of our podcast platforms that you're listening to right now or share with a friend. Stay tuned for the next episode. Don't forget to send us any tips. And until next time, this is Jessica Finicaro signing off. Have a wonderful day, Methuen. And remember, Methuen Matters. Thank you.